We'll get into my preaching this morning. And um, who's sick of growing the growing series? Part 18. And it's even a new year and we still carried it through. So if, if you thought, well, I was sick of this growing thing, if he preaches about growing one more time, well, we've got 18 here so far. So had any... This is a question for you, a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer. But have you had any struggles lately? Had any struggle in life lately? That can mean lots of things to lots of people. I mean struggle. Um, sometimes it, you know, we have struggles in our body where our body doesn't be healthy for us. Uh, sometimes it's a struggle emotionally. Sometimes it's a struggle in our mind. Sometimes it's a struggle uh, in relationships. Whatever struggle it is, sometimes we just have struggle everywhere. We just think wherever I look, there's a struggle. There's, there's an there's a inability, a, a, a something missing somehow or other where life just isn't easy. It can be like that and sometimes it, that comes in seasons. But in our spiritual growing, we need to get this foundation set and understand something. We're in a war. And so today we're looking at growing in the war. We're not in a physical war, and I don't want anyone to, to go and buy bombs and bullets, kill other people. We're talking about spiritual things, spiritual concepts here. So God has given you a command post, a high ground to stand on, every single one of us here. That's God's best for you, is he wants you to be in the place of victory, somewhere high. So when you get born again saved, so you might have heard that term before, when we get born again or saved, Jesus enters your life and a new battle begins. You might think, well, I thought that's when all the battles end. But a new battle begins when you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. And over the last you know, probably month or so, we've seen lots of people come to know Christ in our church. We should give God glory for that. We should be so awesome that God is. <clears throat> in John verse 1, verses 12 and 13, it says those who believe become children of God. It says they are born again. They're reborn. That's where we get this whole idea about this born again business. But uh, what I want us to, to, to consider this morning is the war that we're in and how we fight better, how we fight to win. Because I don't want to go through it all and then be the loser. I want to go through and be the winner. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. That's a, that's a complicated way to say that God wants to reveal himself more in you, and when there's more in you, there's no battle that you can't win. There's, when there's more of Jesus in you. That should be our goal, that should be our, our reason, that we'll be transformed into his image to be more like Jesus with ever-increasing glory. And it comes from the Lord and it's a spiritual thing. So two steps to give yourself an unfair advantage. You know what? If, you, if you're going to be in a war, wouldn't it be good to be on the side that has an unfair advantage? I choose that side. Don't be dumb. Be on the winning side. They go, I want, to, I want to go into a fight with, with my hands tied up, with my, my mouth gagged and my eyes blindfolded. No, I want to have both hands free with an AK-47 or something. 
<clears throat> so I'm going to give you two steps to give you an unfair advantage in this spiritual war. Number one, and you would have heard this many times come from my preaching, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Get to know your Bible and engage the Word of God in your life. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, when he fasted 40 days and he physically was weak, it says the devil came. And the devil will come at various points in our life and he will bring temptation. He will bring accusation. And what Jesus did, every time the devil said, well, did, you know, didn't the Lord say? Or, you know, he's challenging Jesus. And Jesus counterattacked every time and said, the word says. The scriptures say. He's using the word of God. So when you get tempted by the, by the devil in certain ways, you say, but the word of God says, I'm called to be a king. When, when you're tempted into sin, you've got to say, but I'm called for a purpose. And you've got to find scriptures. This is where I'm not going to read things out for you today, but you've got to find scriptures that work for you. I, I know one for me in a time in my life when, when I was you know, extremely discouraged and, 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 and down about everything, a scripture was, was uh, given to me by the Lord. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19, the only scripture I could memorize every day. And it talks about forget the past, forget the former things. Behold, I'm making a new thing. Rivers will come into the, into the dry wasteland. And, and I, I have to remind myself of that scripture. And I say, you know, it doesn't matter what the devil says. It doesn't matter when I fail. It doesn't matter the things I've done wrong because behold, it is a new day. And I'll, I apply that all the time whenever the devil wants to discourage me. And, and that's why it's important. And, and I want you to, to really think in 2017, I want to get to know the word of God. I want to understand God. I want to get the word into me. Use the, the words for today. They're in the, in the foyer today. I've put some out there. But grab those. Read those. There's, there's Bible reading in there. You can read that. But uh, be encouraged by the word of God. And so many people live discouraged, live disconnected from the purpose of God and the best that they can be because they just don't get the word. They're hearing the devil's word every day. They're hearing the negative word all the time. But we need to nourish our spirit. There's one thing to be nourished physically and there's a whole way to be nourished spiritually. People today are very open to spiritual nonsense, very open to spirituality that comes from all the wrong places. But we need to tap into a spirituality that is the Holy Spirit. And he wants to, he wants to just turn our insides outside so the whole world can see being changed from glory to glory, as we saw just before. So what else is there? So when we, when we consider the Word of God, before we react... Before we plan or decide on anything, ask God for a word. Ask God for a word. Sometimes we run off on a plan because we only see the limited perspective of our world. So we might think, well, you know, I, I, there's a need here and there. So all I can see is I can feel a need. I, I need to do this. But you know what? We don't ask God first. We need to be saying, God, I'm not going to make the decision. Don't be paralyzed by fear. God will give you the decision, but make that decision based on what his word's saying. Hebrews 4 verse 12, it says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And we want to have our desires found in the word of God so that we're matching what God's saying. So we're in a spiritual war zone. And you want to be armed in that war. 
Every scheme of the devil is counterattacked by the word of God that is applied in your life. Just remember that. Apply the word of God. That's why it's important. That's why I want to encourage every Christian, every person in this church to be people who are in the word of God. Knowing what God's saying to you. You won't be needing to see the pastor or, or the, or the counsellor or someone else who's leeching on your life but for, 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 for direction. You, you'll be saying, God, I know what you're calling me to do. I know what the voice of God sounds like. Next thing that you would have heard me say many, many times, and that is pray. So pray about, about things. See, true prayer, you align your desires and your life goals to God. So there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of misunderstanding about what prayer is. And I, you know, if, if you're a little bit like me, you would have heard lots of people say, but I prayed, I tried, that didn't work. Uh, be careful what you say. True prayer, you align your desires and your life goals to God. So Jesus prayed in the garden before he was crucified, before he was arrested. He said, Father, take this cup from me. We all know this prayer. But he said, but Lord, not your will be done, uh, not my will be done, your will be done, because he saw a greater perspective of salvation to the whole world, but he could have stopped that at that point. So if Jesus could pray, take this from me, but not my will be done, but yours be done, God, then so can we. See, we can work out our plan with God. We can work out our, our own plan better with God. And hang on, I'll, I'll, I'll just rephrase that. Go back a bit. Work out your plan with God is better than trying to tell God to work the plan out for you. Sometimes we're saying, God... This is, you know, I, I just need that. I, I need to live in that house. You need to, you need to talk to that agent. You need to do, you need to do it. And God's saying, but you know what? I've got a much better house. I've got a much better plan for you. And and you might be thinking, but God, if you just, you know, if you just deal with with this and that area of my life, and we're saying, God, do it like this and do it like that, and then we're saying, oh, God didn't do it exactly what I thought. But God's saying, but if you listen for for my plan. I've got a much, better, a much better perspective than you. So prayer is probably the most misunderstood and misused element of our spiritual experience. So here is the key. Prayer is not about trying to get God to do our will. It is getting our will in line with God's. When we start to apply that little sentence to our praying, we'll find that, God's answering a lot, of, a lot more prayers than I ever thought. I'll say that again. Prayer is not about trying to get God to do our will because I know my will, give me, a, give me a deserted island with lots of food and roast and no, no problems. But it's getting our will in line with God's. And when we start to align, maybe you need to go back on our, our messages on, uh, on our, what is it, podcast. Find the messages on alignment. When we align ourselves with the will of God, life starts to make a lot more sense spiritually. When we're, when we're trying to make God our, our magic wand or a genie that just does whatever we want, you're going you're gonna to get messed up. You're going to give up. Because God's not the genie that just, just says, hey, you need a new house? Bricks? What color bricks? You know? 
God, I need, 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 need this or need that. You know, go beyond your needs to say, God, what are you calling me? So give yourself an unfair advantage in the war. Let's go into this year not just with good intentions but with new spiritual discipline and let's start to see Jesus completely. Let's get to see Jesus so much that other people are seeing Jesus in us, that we're seeing that, that, uh, that transformation in our spirits that other people can actually see. So one of the things I want to cover too this morning is um, keeping our attention on ourselves for personal growth and to, to become strong. In 2016 was our year of growth. That was our theme, I guess, for the year. And that was birthed out of the prayer and fasting that we had in January last year. But I, I believe 2017 will be the year of more growth. And the year after that, and the year after that, more and more, constantly growing. So I want our church to be a church that, that sees people growing in their spirits, see people going deeper in the things of God, seeing our church expanding in ways and doing things that we've never done before or could never even imagine that we're going to do. I, I know there's things locked up in, in people's lives here. If you, would just, if you would just get strong in the war, that you will unlock the, the future of this church and make things happen that, that I could never think of, that I would never want to do, that God will be calling you to do. That, that excites me. But in spiritual matters, you never want to stop growing. So putting behind us the distractions and the failures and the insecurities and the sin. So that, that's, a, that's a tricky little word these days. What is sin? So we're going to touch on that this morning. John 3.19. Uh, let me see. That says, And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light, Jesus Christ, came into the world, but people loved darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. There's sin in that little bit there. But as I've preached recently, who remembers my, my message on post-truth? Post-truth means whatever the truth is to you is what the truth is. So if I say I'm a, I'm a girl, then that's the truth to me because I feel like it. But we know that's not true. But the world has gone all so messed up saying, well, whatever you believe is, is, is got to be the truth. It's a bit funny here. But in our post-truth world, some have created a theology that everybody gets to heaven. This is from the devil, is terribly confrontational and deliberately misleading. Because we, we want to say, well, God's so inclusive, God's so loving, he'll just let everybody in, wouldn't he? See, the devil's shots are always aimed at deranging God's word. Derange is to disturb the order, uh, the arrangement and the functionality of something. So when the devil does that about salvation and how we get our lives right and how we deal with the issue of sin, when he can derange that order that God set so that people disbelieve the order that God set, well, that's sin in itself. So we need to recognise and realise, well, you know, we, we're born with sin, we're born in sin, the whole world is, is uh, affected by this thing called sin. And the only solution is the blood of Jesus Christ applied to that sin. And when we, when we are honest with God and say, God, here it is again, I'm jealous again. Or God, uh, I'm, I'm being stingy again. 
or, or God, I feel angry again. Um, all, all these kind of things uh, are translated as sins. And when, when we think, well, God, I'll just cover it up. I'll just pretend. I'll just justify myself. I'll just say, but the reason why I, I whacked him is because he was asking for it. Uh, all, all these kind of things that, that, we, that we justify ourselves with, God says, that doesn't, that doesn't deal with it. But when we say, God, forgive me, Jesus, come into my life, I, I realise that that, that offence is, is aimed at the character and nature of God when I do the wrong thing, that is sin. When you bring that to God, then the scriptures say he is well able to forgive us our sins, take away the guilt and the shame and give us a freshness and a newness, a newness in our spirit. So we need, to, we need to be realistic when it comes to sin and unrepentant sin will leave you, lead you to separation from God for eternity. If I don't preach that, then I'm in trouble. And if you don't hear that, you're in trouble. My responsibility is to preach the word of God as the word explains it. So we often speak as if following God is all about our doing. Moving on from that little one. So we often speak of following God is all about our doing. But it's actually about our being. It's about being in Christ. Two elements that will help you to victory is found in, in, in two scriptures. One's Ephesians 3, sorry, Ephesians 5, and the other is Galatians 5. Maybe you can, if you have your Bibles or, or your telephones, you can look up these scriptures here. But we often speak as, as uh, um, being a good little Christian, we've got to be doings. We've got to be doing this and doing that and, and then God will accept us. And I know I've been on that treadmill where I've thought, well, you know, God, you've forgiven me. God, I know you love me. And, and I've just got to be doing, doing, doing to try and prove to you that, that I love you back. You know, it's a good thing to serve God, but we don't have to prove anything to God. So the two elements that, I'll, that I want to give you this morning is number one, be careful and be led by the Spirit. So Ephesians 5.15, let, let's just pop that up. It says, be careful how you live. I'm not going to read the whole, the whole scripture there. But the Apostle Paul who wrote Ephesians, he says, be careful how you live. So that, that could be described as a doing, but I rather see it as let's just be being. Being careful how you live. Be careful how you talk. Be careful what you think. Be careful where you go. Be careful what you do. And then it also says, be led by the Spirit in, in Galatians. So be careful how you live. Verse 16 in Ephesians 5, 16 says, make the most of every opportunities in these evil days. Make the most of, the, of every opportunity in this war. In this war zone, there's going to be opportunities. In this war zone, there's going to be, there's going to be uh, provision for you. In this war for your spirit, there's going to be times where, where you're going to need God's provision somewhere along the line. You've got to be careful to pick up those opportunities so that you've got what you need for the next stage of the battle. Verse 17, uh, Ephesians 5 verse 17 says, Don't act thoughtlessly. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. We don't understand what the Lord wants us to do if we're not digging into his word, getting the scriptures deep in our hearts, saying, God, what, what should I do with this situation? What should I do? Should I go into business with this partner? Should I, should I, should I buy this, this uh, particular business or whatever? Say, well, God, what's your word telling me to do? 
Should I, should I take that job? Should I take that promotion? The word of the Lord will, will direct you through. And sometimes what looks like the best thing to our natural thinking is the very thing that will work against us spiritually. We need, to see, we need to know the difference and say, well, God, what are you leading me into? There's been many times in my life where opportunities have looked so good, but I know that if, I, if I've taken those opportunities, that I would not be doing what I am today. So verse 18, it says, Do not be drunk. Let me see. Do not be drunk, because that will ruin your life. Do not be drunk or do not be high or stoned either. If you're thinking that's okay because it didn't say that in the Bible, I'll add it for you. Do not be drunk. Do not, don't be high or stoned. That will ruin your life. Gee, Paul, I don't know what, the, what you really meant when you said that. He said it'll ruin your life. So if you want to ruin your life, wreck your marriage, wreck your family, just do that. Guaranteed, the Bible says it will. So, so the opposite is don't do that. It says the opposite is, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at a little bit, a little bit in the middle, about a little bit later, something else you need to, to pinpoint here. Verse 19 says, sing spiritual songs among yourselves. See, we need to worship together. That's why church is so important. That's why it is important that you have a church of fellowship, a place where you say, I belong in that place, because you need a place to sing spiritual songs together. You're thinking, huh? What? Because what happens is when, when we start to sing and worship and bring honour to God, we're just like, we're, we've just got cannons going off in our spirit, just like boom, boom, boom. And then when we really touch it, it's like an atomic bomb just... Take that one, devil, because we're giving Jesus the glory. You know what? When, it, when all these different churches all around town all are worshipping God, then you know what? We are doing severe damage to the enemy. We're not the only church. We're just part of it. And that's why we worship. That's why we sing songs in church. Some people say, oh, I don't like the songs. They'll just come for the preaching. So then they can come and have a sleep. The singing keeps them awake. Verse 20 says, give thanks. See, we need to give thanks. That's, that, that, that really should go first because when we worship God, when we sing, we're giving thanks to God. But we, we need to give thanks. Where there is no thankfulness, there can be no real worship. So we've got to foster a true spirit heart of appreciation to God for what he's done. Never, ever get so Christian, get so saved that you forget where you came from. That you forget how bad life is without Jesus. Don't glorify sin. For goodness sake, I'll slap your teeth out. <laughs> Don't glorify your sin and your nonsense in your life. You've got to say, Jesus, you saved me from that. I don't want to ever go back to that. Pauline said something really good this morning and reminded me in the, in the everyday or word for today. That thing about negativity, about complaining. Complain, it says complaining is like vomit. It makes you feel better, but everyone else feels sick. I got it out. I told him. And everyone else is like, I don't feel so, I'm just not hungry anymore. But be a person who gives thanks. 
Be a person who says, Jesus, I love my church. I love the word of God. I love worship. I love having a place in the, in the town where I live where I can, I can have a church, where I have a pastor who, can, who I can talk to, where we, we have all these great people around us where I can get encouragement. Be a person who, who discovers giving thanks and live in that. Be, make it a, a good habit in your life to be a thankful person for whatever the circumstances is because we know the world is full of negativity. The world is full of things to complain about. Shoes are too tight. My hairstyle's not good enough. Don't worry about my hairstyle. Worry about yours. <laughs> worry about your... No, don't even worry about that. Worry about your spiritual condition, not the haircut of the preacher. <laughs> worry about what's going on in your spirit rather than the haircut of the preacher. It only takes two weeks to change. <laughs> but you know something? We have tipping point moments in life where we can go deeper with God or we go backwards, we, we regress. Tipping point moments in life. And we, we want to use them to launch new growth. We want to launch those tipping point moments, those points of victories in our life where we, we take full advantage. It's like going, you know, a tipping point moment is like having a, a battle, if we can imagine a battlefield up a hill and, and you fight your way to the top and there's casualties, but, but you get to the top with your team, with your, with your comrades and, and you get to the very top and defeat all the enemy, but then you get to the top and then you go, well, what now? We'll just go back down where we came from. And all the blood and all the tears and all the sweat and all the, all the effort, you just go, well, oh, we didn't even notice the view. We didn't even notice what, what, we, what we fought for. Let me just go back down where we came. Don't do that. Use your tipping point moment to launch into the next and the better that God has for us. Give yourself the unfair advantage in this war. Don't slide backwards and give up the gains that God's brought you to. Let's live in the Holy Spirit in 2017. That's giving ourselves the ultimate unfair advantage in this war. Because the, the Holy Spirit does for us what we can never do for ourselves. So, not, not with the Holy Spirit as such, or around the Holy Spirit. Let's live in the Holy Spirit. The disciples of Jesus were a small group. Not very, not very many of them, but they got baptised in the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, if you want to read the story, but the Holy Spirit changed the world forever through these small group of men who were filled with the Holy Spirit. You might think, but the world's got so many problems. You might think, but there's so many needs. Uh, you, you, know, you might think, well, I don't know how I could ever do that. You'll never do it on your own strength, but you'll do it with the power of the Holy Spirit living and working through and out of you. See, the Spirit changed the, the world forever. The Holy Spirit changed the world forever through a small group of men. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible comes alive. Uh, our prayers go to a whole new level. Uh, we start to see things in the Bible that you think, well, oh, I might have read that before. It could never make any sense. Suddenly, boom, that's, that's that revelation that I needed. So living by the Spirit looks like Galatians 5, 
uh, verse 16 to 23. I'm going to read it all out to you, so close your eyes. And I'll kiss you with the scriptures. So I say, I'm not going to sing. So Galatians 5, 16 23 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. There's the war. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligations to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarrelling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Ouch. But the Holy Spirit, let's focus on this. Let's be being Holy Spirit people. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Galatians 5, 16 to 17. I'll just give you some dot points. Be led by the Spirit. That's the next B thing to do. Be led by the Spirit. Uh, Verses 19 and 20. Um, it tells us what sinful fruit looks like. It tells us what sin is. We don't, have to, we don't even have a, a, a grey area. It gives us a clear indication. Let's not, it says those who live that kind of lifestyle don't inherit the kingdom of God. I want for every single person who sits in this church to inherit the blessings of the kingdom of God. Why would you not? Verses 22 to 23, it says the spirit produces good fruit. And I want us to be a place that is bursting with good fruit, bursting with life. Um, Galatians 6, moving on, the, the, just the next chapter on, verses 1 and 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently, that's it, gently and humbly help that person back into the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself, Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. See, we are created for community and it's called church. That's what that whole thing is all about, helping each other over the humps of life, over the battle points that where we need someone else to be strong for us sometimes. As we come to a conclusion now, it's this time of year, the new year, that we talk with expectations of new things and we tell ourselves somehow that this time things will be different. The the reality is often nothing changes in our life. We concentrate on trying to do things, trying to do new things. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to study. We tell ourselves that. But in two days, we're eating pies, watching too much TV and feeling unmotivated. 
That's about how quick it, it takes me. But closing the door to old habits is the key to creating new ones and creating good ones. So spiritually, we need to create some good habits in 2017. If we don't close down old behavior patterns, we stay the same. But don't concentrate on doing or on not doing old habits. Just start being in new ones. So the point is, if we don't close down old ways, nothing's going to change. But if we concentrate on, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. We're going to find ourselves being drawn back all the time. But it's like filling ourselves with something new and something different so that we have less room and less time and less energy for the old stuff. So if we have a, if we have a problem or an addiction, if all you're thinking about is trying to beat that, you'll always fall back. But when you start to uh, fulfill the need, why you have that in your life, when that's trans, uh, transposed by something else that's better, you'll find that you find freedom. You can break out of that. So walking with Jesus is about changing you to the better. Jesus wants you to be better. That's why he gave his life on the cross to make us better. Because he took all our worse and gave us better. So this morning, why don't we just stand to our feet? I know I've covered a lot of stuff and went all over the place. And the intention of, of, of my preaching here today is not to offend but sometimes people feel that like, wow, that hurt. Or, you know, why did he say that? He's talking about me. You know, I'd be, I'd be more than a magician if I could understand what you're going through this week or to know your, your particular circumstance. But Jesus knows. And Jesus wants to pour the oil of his Holy Spirit into your situation every day. So let's be equipped this year and give ourselves completely to having the unfair advantage over the devil's schemes. So today I want to pray for people and I think it would be a good way to start our year just saying, God, I want, to, I want to be a being person. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be a holy person. I want to be in your presence more. I want to be filled so those who want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, we haven't really spoke a lot on that this morning, but, but I know that the Holy Spirit wants to fill people today. He wants to help people to start the year off being filled with the Holy Spirit. Perhaps you're, you're thinking, I, I really need a new day. I want to put behind me. It's a great, uh, you know, a great way to start the year by saying, God, I want, to, I want to have an Isaiah 43 verse 18 and 19 experience where I can truly forget the past shake off those things that have that have uh, constrained me shaken off the, the the little things that that the enemy has put around me to to keep me bound and keep me closed down and perhaps those people here today that need to have a transfer in their life of some new things to dispel the old things and that can start, that, that process has got to be uh, an ongoing thing. But you can start today by making that decision saying, Jesus, I'm sick of how I am. I'm sick of my life. 
I'm sick of the way life has turned out for me. Because you want to go on a journey spiritually that you take every mountain, that you take every valley, that you keep moving and keep growing and getting stronger. So I'm just going to invite you to come. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, when I come to pray, you just say that I want to be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to ask some of our team to come and help me pray. So um, if, if it's not me praying for you, that, that there, there'll be pastors here who will help me. And um, uh, hopefully I can pray with all of you. But why don't you come as we sing and uh, as the musicians lead us, uh, I'm just going to ask you to come and, and we'll pray with you and just ask God to do something fresh and strong and mighty in your life this year.